is never just luck. If you think winning is only a matter of chance, think again. We bring you sports gaming strategies and information that changes outcomes. Keep it here. And get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. One, two, three. Three's up for the third and final hour of the morning after here on a football Friday. Football teams, when they enter the fourth quarter, they put their fours up. For us, as we round out the week here on TMA and we round out our show here in happy hour, we throw the threes up in the air. On this third and final hour of the morning after, we call it happy hour because we get you set for the weekend, specifically the week seven slate in the NFL. Jim Sonis of Number Fire and FanDuel joins us in just a little bit to give you the weekend breakdown as only Jim Sonis can. Winners across the board breaking down so many games across the board for the NFL Sunday slate here entering week seven. You are listening on Sirius XM channel 204 to this edition of a football Friday morning after and you are watching all across the sports grid network. I'm your host Ben Stevens. As we get ready for this NFL Sunday slate. There are a ton of big spreads on the board this weekend. You have the Arizona Cardinals laying 17 and a half against the Houston Texans. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning Super Bowl champions, laying 12 and a half at home against the Chicago Bears. And out in Los Angeles on Sunday, the Rams are laying 15 and a half against the Detroit Lions. And who comes back into the city of Angels? That former number one overall pick of the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff. It is Goff's revenge on Sunday in L.A. Could it also be Matthew Stafford's revenge against his former team in the Detroit Lions? This line opened up at 14 and a half in favor of L.A. It is currently 15 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over-under total is 50 and a half. Just checking to make sure. It's actually now 16 and a half in favor of the Rams against the Detroit Lions. That is the second largest spread of the entire weekend of this NFL slate. So Jared Goff returns to Los Angeles. He has struggled in Detroit, only averaging 263 passing yards per game, just a 66.8% completion percentage, seven touchdowns to four interceptions. He has struggled so much so in the Lions, the last winless team in the NFL, that his new head coach and Dan Campbell called out Jared Goff after the Lions got blown out by the Cincinnati Bengals this past Sunday. He said that Jared hasn't given his best yet, and he needs to be better, thinks he can be better, but there is a long way to go for the Detroit Lions and their new quarterback if they are going to finally get a win in the win column. Right now, Detroit already cashed a ticket for you if you had the Lions to be the last winless team in the NFL. As of week three, Detroit was minus 180 as the favorites, quote-unquote, to win or to be the last winless team in the NFL. The Jags were plus 160. The Lions were minus 180. The Jags won last week in London. So the Lions cashed that minus 180 ticket as the last winless team in the National Football League. The Lions also have odds up right now to be 0-17 at the conclusion of this regular season. Detroit also plus 100 with the shortest odds to have the worst regular season record. And their odds to go 0-17, the no is minus 1250. But the yes, not all that long at plus 800. Meanwhile, Matthew Stafford on the other side, the former Lions quarterback now playing stellar football for the LA Rams. He's the fourth leading passer in the NFL. He is averaging more than 306 passing yards per game, a completion percentage of a clip at 69.5%. 
16 touchdowns to only four interceptions. He has multiple touchdown games in five of the six so far for LA. He has thrown for three or more touchdowns in three of the six games for the Rams this year. It is a big reason the Rams are the sixth best scoring offense in the NFL, averaging just shy of 30 points per game. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here, the third and final hour of the morning after here on your football Friday. It's happy hour and you are listening on Sirius XM channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast, discussing a West Coast team and out on the West Coast this weekend, the Rams hosting the Detroit Lions, LA laying 16 and a half at home. The over under total is 15 and a half. 50 and a half, I should say. It is a revenge spot on both sides. Matthew Stafford against his former team, the Detroit Lions, and Jared Goff against his former team, the team that drafted him number one overall, as did the Lions drafting Matthew Stafford number one overall. This is what we have on Sunday in Los Angeles. Detroit, by the way, the fifth worst scoring offense in the NFL, 18.2 points per game. So Jared Goff, who hasn't been terribly efficient this year, the quarterback for the fifth worst scoring offense, Matthew Stafford, who has been great. The quarterback for the sixth best scoring offense in the NFL. The Rams, five and one straight up, four and two against the number. They have been a favorite in five of the six games they have played this year. They are covering by an average margin of 4.3 points per game. This by far, a spread of 16 and a half, is the largest spread the Rams have been a favorite of this year. The last time they got close to double digits, they laid nine and a half in their season opener week number one in L.A. against Chicago. They covered against the Bears in that game, winning 34 to 14. So again, the Rams laying 16 and a half at home against the Detroit Lions. That over under total 50 and a half. If the 16 and a half is a little bit too big for you, maybe you target the Rams team total. Maybe you look to an under of the Lions team total. Might Jared Goff be able to pull off an upset? Maybe not, but despite the fact the Lions are 0-6 straight up this year, the last winless team in the NFL, they are 3-3 against the spread, so the fighting Dan Campbells are doing just that. They are fighting, and they are covering games. I would lean with the Lions here. 16.5 is a big number. I think Jared Goff gives you his best performance of the year with a little extra motivation against his former team. That let him go, the Los Angeles Rams. So that is what we have here on a Football Friday looking forward to a football Sunday. We take a break from football for just a brief moment. The NBA season underway this week. Benny and the Bets hit the streets of New York to hear who New Yorkers think is going to win the NBA championship. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You see there in that beautifully produced stinger that brings us back from a lot of commercial breaks here on the morning after on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid Network, the beautiful streets of New York City, the action, the cabs flying through, people walking on the street. And for this program on the morning after, I'm your host, Ben Stevens. But in those streets, I am known by a different name. I am known as Benny and the Bets. But it is a family experience here on the morning after. It is a family experience for us out in the streets of NYC, and we are led by our producer, Alex Fasano, not only in the control room on a daily basis 
but out on the streets, wrangling interviews, getting us subjects to talk to. And this week, Alex Fasano, we talked to them about who is going to win the NBA title this year. We had some fun out there on the streets of the Big Apple. Oh, yeah. You know, this was the first time where we had people coming up to us, Ben. The second they saw that basketball, the second we were standing outside the NBA store, I mean, oh, my goodness. People were flocking to come play some ball with Benny Betts over there. I mean, listen, it might have been the basketball. It might have been that they've started to hear about Benny and the Betts. I think it's because you have such a warm and welcoming face that draws people in for interviews. It's Benny. It's Benny and the Betts, Ben. Come on. I mean, you got you got this guy on one side of the screen. You got that other high definition studio look over there. But OK, stop. We got to stop. We're being too nice to each other. Come on. Ben, you're going to see, ladies and gentlemen, in this video, how Ben's crossing up. Uh, it's just it's just it, it can use a little work. You know what I mean? I'm just going to let you the people decide. So why don't we all take a journey over through the streets of New York City with Benny and the Betts? Right outside the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Back like we never left. The NBA season is also back this week. New Yorkers love their basketball. So we asked them, who do they think is going to win the NBA championship? Who do you think is going to win the NBA championship this year? Spin move. I don't know. Oh, of course, the Brooklyn Nets. Come on. The Nets. Brooklyn, man, you know how we doing. Clippers, baby. What is that anyway? Hoping it's the Warriors. Go Warriors! Boston Celtics. I don't know. <laughs> Sacramento Kings. <laughs> That's a good one, buddy. Have a nice day. Guy's crazy. Lakers? Los Angeles Lakers. Why is that? I think LeBron, AD, and Russ are going to put it together. I'm also a little biased. I'm a Laker fan. I go for Lakers. Uh, the Bulls. Bulls? Chicago Bulls. You're wearing a Bucks hat. <laughs> The Bucks are going to win it all. I'm from Milwaukee, so I hope it's the Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah. I'm going with Milwaukee again. I'm going to become New York City famous. Okay, Benji, yeah. come on, come on. Let's right, go. I got to get Let the mic go. back, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> I was like the best player on my eight-year-old basketball team. Would you guys partake in a little three-man weave drill with me? A little crossover back and forth. I like it. Oh. Oh, go. Give me that. A little crossover, a little step back. Give me a little step back. Whoop. Oh. Pull up. Cash. Boom. Boom. Back to me. No, me. Now me. Play up. Fundamental basketball. Who do you think should be the NBA MVP this year? KD. Kevin Durant playing with James Harden with one leg. Curry. I'm just naming players I know. Dwight Howard. Oh, MVP. Giannis. Giannis. Do you think you could spell Giannis's last name? No. <laughs> no. Not a chance. On to ten. A ten. A ten? Like A-T-E-N? A-N-T-K-E-M-P-T-O-U? Not even close. <laughs> What's a ten to... Nah. nah. I, I'm, I, I, I was a spelling champion, but listen, that one, I could spell his first name. Do you think you could spell Giannis's last name? No. A-N-T-E-T-O-K-O-U-M-P-O. That was his first try. Benny and the Bets on the street. Uh-oh, he dropped the book. Give me your best. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Look at this defense. I'm holding a mic, too. Come in the way. Oh, 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 back it up. And it's in. Nice layup. What are you going to do? Oh, he went under my legs, but into traffic because that's Fifth Avenue. Hammer, put the ball down. 
Uh, 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 uh. Come on. little LeBron impression. A little, uh, uh, okay, okay. Benny in the bets, I see you. I see you a little bit. It wasn't we bad. Do, we do have to, uh, let me just say three things really quick. One, that guy was definitely okay. not a spelling champion. Two, I appreciate you thinking of the uh, potted plant as our hoop. That was an all Benny and the Bets idea, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, great, great, great Thank producing you. on the scene. And number three, shout out to Little Ben, getting very excited to be on the show. Uh, one of the one of our, our future stars in the making, it looked like. No doubt about it. I mean, he loved it so much, he would literally not give us back the mic. He wanted to take <laughs> it home with him. And then we said, oh, is your name Ben? He goes, no, it's Benjamin. He's a very formal man. And then he's saying... Benny and the bets for us. That clip will oh, come yes. up at some point, I am sure. Also, if I do want to toot my own horn a little bit here, that finger roll, that fundamental was beautiful. Uh, I thought yeah, it looked good. Roll. I was soaring through the air. I looked like everything I dreamed of when I was younger, when I thought I was going to be the 6'5 starting shooting guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm not 6'5, and I'm not the starting <laughs> shooting guard for the LA Lakers. Nope. Your, uh, your eight-year-old basketball team will be very disappointed in you, Ben. You said yeah. you were the best. I let so. them down. I hey, you know, I gave it my all out there. You know what I am really good at, though, Fasano? Every pickup basketball game I play, you are going to hear me talk the entire time. I call out every screen there is. <laughs> left, left, coming right, right, uh, by yourself, by yourself. I'm very good at that. I take great pride in that. Yeah, you got to be vocal on the court, right? You know, it's, all, it's a team sport, Indeed. right? There's no, there's no I in team. Looking at our uh, esteemed technical producer, Ty Jones, over there, who thinks there is one. Hoops for hangover, oh. right? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Pisano, oh, speaking yeah. of that team, we got some producer plays this weekend, maybe a little NFL, maybe oh, a little yeah. NBA sprinkle as we're getting to this portion of the year. Oh, yeah, we definitely do. Um, we got three producers, three plays. Let's start. Um, I guess we'll start with mine. We'll know Alex A. We'll start at the top of the alphabet. Um, so you know me as an esteemed Steelers fan. I can't root for either right. the Ravens, the Browns, or the Bengals. But usually when I root against them, they seem to do pretty well. So instead of picking a side, I figure I just go with the shootout. You know, they're probably going to put points on the board. So why not just take the over? Pretty good price, you know, basic price, 46 and a half, not too high, not too low. So that's how I'm going to mm. watch my opponents, my my, my rival teams, so to speak, this week, uh, rooting, rooting for a shootout here. Are you scared at all that the Cincinnati Bengals have played five of their six games so far this season to the under, and the only game that went over for Cincy was week number one in overtime? You can't argue with the trends, Ben, but I will say this. When it's AFC North divisional football, it's either hard-hitting or high-scoring. So, I mean, hey, no you can't go lost, wrong, baby. I figure. I'm not going to pick – I'm not going to root for the Ravens. I'm not going to root for the Bengals. So, I'll root for points instead. I like it. All right. Now, our graphics producer, Jesse Metzger, <laughs> going with a Derrick Henry – not rushing yards prop, receiving prop against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's an over-under of 17.5 for that receiving yards prop. They have used D-Hen, King Henry, in the screen game a lot. And going up against KC, who is a bottom-10 scoring defense in the NFL, has a lot of faults defensively. I like that play, Jesse Metzger. That's a sharp play right there, even though it's minus 130 to the over. And then Alex Fasano, <laughs> take it away for the guy that you are oh, cultivating man. here as a part of the Sports Grid family, our very own intern, Andrew Bocci Galupo, <laughs> known as Bocci, to his friends and family, sticking it with the Brooklyn Nets. 
Hey, he said it to me on Tuesday. Joe Harris for the first basket, it sat at 9-1, to one, plus 900. Mm. There's no number out yet for it, but Drew is riding with this all the way. He says at some point in the first five to ten games of the season, Joe Harris is going to make the first basket. On Tuesday, they wrote up a play for him. He took the shot, and he missed it. Yep. So, I mean, hey, the trend I, is there. I, I think I'm going to ride with Drew, too. If it's a plus 900, I have to take it. A little sprinkle. So, shout out, Drew. Ooh, a little plus money on your Friday to take you into the weekend. Alex Fasano, thanks for all that you do here on a daily basis for the grid and morning after. Bocce, I like the play. We'll see if the Brooklyn Nets can get that done on the road against the Sixers tonight on a Friday. Coming up next, back to football, an NFL weekend breakdown with FanDuel's Jim Sonis. That's next here on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. And on this Football Friday, we go to the, one of the best football minds that you will find anywhere. It is FanDuel number fires Jim Saunas joining us again on a Friday to preview the Week 7 slate for the National Football League. Each and every Friday, Jim comes on the show. He gives you his weekend breakdown, sides to know, totals to know, props to target right here on a football Friday. So, Jim Sonis, thank you very much once again for coming back on TMA on a Friday. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. It's, it's fun to talk some football and fun to, I think, have a decent week this week in terms of, like, where we're seeing some value. It does make me a little uncomfortable in some spots, but I, I kind of think it's just a, a trust the numbers week and see what happens. So uh, we'll see if I'm regretting that Sunday afternoon. Jim, before we dive into the NFL, I'm seeing a lot of plus prices on your list right now of your board. A lot of underdogs. College football, a proud Northwestern grad and yourself. The Cats getting 23 and a half on the road in Ann Arbor against Michigan. Are they going to cover? Absolutely not. Uh, so I don't know. They might cover. <laughs> I just like I want no part of it. If they do, I will happily watch it. Like I live in New York. I kind of wish I lived in Illinois, so I wouldn't have to worry about it. Like I could just ignore them at all times. Um, like that's the one situation where Illinois' weird archaic betting laws might be good. So I'm considering yeah. moving there just to never have to think about Northwestern in terms of betting ever again because they scare the daylights out of me, no matter what the situation may be. Listen, a big win for Northwestern off the bye week last week against Rutgers. Yes, that was a Big Ten football game. Maybe Patty Fitz and the crew takes a little bit of momentum into Ann Arbor on Saturday and covers a big number against the Michigan Wolverines. All right, college football aside, back to the NFL, back to this Sunday slate. Like I mentioned, a lot of underdogs for Jim Saunas on the card this week and what seems to be a very popular underdog among people in the know for Sunday's slate in the National Football League. The Miami Dolphins at home getting two and a half points against the Atlanta Falcons. Jim, why are so many people back in the Dolphins with a plus price next to them this weekend? 
Well, I think it's because it's a very unique situation. We, we, you know, the Dolphins are playing a week after London, which is wild. Like, they can choose not to do that. And yeah. for whatever reason, they said, no, we'll take the bye later on. I don't know why they did that. Either way, it's a weird decision. They come back now and face the Falcons off a of bye. So this is like the weirdest rest situation you could possibly have. I just feel like the sports book are kind of over accounting for that. So I, I know the situation. I know why Atlanta is favored. But like from a football perspective, having watched these two teams this year, I don't know why they're favored. Like if you ignore the rest, I don't get it because they haven't played well. The offense has showed life at times, but the times they've showed life have been against really poor competition. The Dolphins are a very flawed team. Their defense has not played well this year. They're banged up in the secondary. So there are reasons to downgrade the Dolphins, but like, what have the Falcons shown you to make you believe they deserve to be a favorite on the road against pretty much anybody, but you know, much less a team that is mm. competent. You know, I think the other reason why we're seeing the Falcons be favored here is because Tua Tungavello has basically been just like cast aside by everyone. I get it. He's limited physically. He had some really dumb, really bad, awful mistakes in that London game, but he still commanded an efficient offense. He averaged 0.23 passing net expected points per dropback in that game. League averaged 0.15. I know it was against the Jaguars, but didn't have Devontae Parker, didn't have Preston Williams. Both those guys, I'd expect to be back this week after they did practice on Wednesday. So he's getting an upgrade here, getting better players around him. Parker and Williams should be fresh coming off those injuries. I kind of feel like I just want to go with the Dolphins, despite the fact it is a really bad rest situation. So I get it. I get why uh, we're seeing an overreaction. My numbers have the Dolphins there by two and a half. So if you're giving me five points and saying that's the swing based on rest, I'm not buying that. So I think that plus two and a half for Miami here makes a lot of sense. Your colleague at FanDuel yesterday, Ryan Williams on the show, said he liked the Dolphins plus two and a half. Mike Blewett earlier in this program in the first hour, plus two and a half, liked the Dolphins as his favorite side of the weekend. And now Jim Zonis, Miami plus two and a half. Again, very smart people in the know, liking the Dolphins at home as the underdog. So far this year, Miami just two and four against the spread, not covering by an average margin of 10 points, but Atlanta not much better, two and three against the spread, off of the buy now, not covering by an average margin of 6.4 points per game. So, Jim, your numbers say that the Dolphins should actually be the home favorite this weekend. Would you also look to Miami on the money line at plus 112 or just focus on the points on the spread? Yeah, I didn't put the money line here because I don't think that's the best number you can get. I got plus 120 last night, so I would shop around. If you can get plus 120, I'd take it. But plus 112, a bit too short for me. So it kind of depends on what your sports books are offering based on the FanDuel numbers. I prefer the side, but if you can get me to plus 120, plus 125, somewhere around there, which I'm pretty sure those numbers are still lingering at some books, I would take that. So this one's just based on the number at FanDuel Sportsbook, plus 112. I don't think that's the best number you can get, but plus two and a half. I think that's that's a, a rock solid number. So at FanDuel specifically, give me the two and a half. At some other places where the money line is longer, I will go money line uh, based on what that number is. Jim, another underdog that you are looking at might be one of the best games of the entire weekend in the NFL, a battle in the AFC North. The Bengals getting six and a half on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. The over-under total for that game, 46 and a half. The Ravens are five and one straight up. They have won five straight games, but just one and three against the spread as a favorite. Why are we back in the Bengals against the Ravens this weekend, Jim? 
Great question, Ben. Um, I don't know. Uh, like my numbers just say this one is undervalued. I think that this number is a little bit too big. I've got it at a four and a half point game. So you give me six and a half. That's not across any key numbers. So it's not like a significant thing. But this week, there's not a ton of value out there. So I'm going to take that and go with the Bengals here at six and a half. We did see some money on the Bengals earlier on this week. It was six and a half, moved to, moved to six, now back out to six and a half. And I think that the reason we're seeing this is because this Ravens defense is not what it once was. They did play really well against Justin Herbert. And I, you got to give them all the credit in the world because that team was a freight train entering that game. But I think that they're still not the best unit, especially against a Bengals team that has seemed to be hitting in stride recently. They're showing more faith in Joe Burrow, letting him chuck it a bit more than they were earlier on this year. That's increasing my confidence in this offense. This defense has also played pretty well, and I think that's a pretty big factor here because you got to play well against Lamar Jackson. So I think that this one is just kind of trusting it that it's a, a too big of a number. And I think that six and a half to me, a bit too wide for me to turn it down with the Bengals this week. I, I do think that the Ravens win this game, so I'm not looking at a money line here for the Bengals. But six and a half is, is quite a bit. I'd prefer to get seven, obviously, but I think that six and a half still wide enough based on what my numbers say, based on this Baltimore defense being a bit overrated and based on the fact that the Bengals offense has shown some signs of life and the Bengals defense is pretty good too. The Ravens minus 210 right now on FanDuel is the odds-on favorite to win the AFC North. The Bengals four and two straight up this year, plus 700 with the third shortest odds to win the AFC North and AFC North divisional matchup, as they say about the AFC North, no love lost between these two teams. Jim, you bring up your numbers as compared to the numbers on FanDuel. What does the margin have to be based on your numbers versus what FanDuel is showing that leads you to feel confident in a side or a total? So I back-tested this. Uh, looking back to last year, I can look back at how much value my numbers show and then compare like win rates based on that. The number I get comfortable with is two points. So looking at this week, there are only four games that show two points of value based on the current odds. Unfortunately, one of those is Detroit, and I have no interest in backing that one. So that kind of lops <laughs> that one off. Like, I think that's flawed. I don't agree with that by any means. Uh, but then we got Cincinnati and then Houston and Miami, the other ones where I show at least two points of value. That, to me is the point where I get intrigued. I then dig in and say, do I agree with this? And with the Detroit game, I say, no, I don't agree. I think that's stupid. I'm not going to back Detroit against uh, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. So that's where I kind of start things is if it's more than two, I dig in more and decide if I like it. If I do, I'll bet it. If not, I'm okay leaving it off. I will look at ones that are around two and decide, okay, do I think that maybe my unders my numbers are underestimating this team? The Colts are around two, uh, not quite enough to get me to bite there, especially given there's some really funky weather out in San Francisco for this week. But if it's around two, I will dig in deeper and decide what my thoughts are based on that. So the Lions and the Rams, a 16-and-a-half-point spread in favor of Los Angeles in the Jared Goff revenge game on Sunday. <laughs> that is the second largest spread of the weekend. The largest, 17-and-a-half in favor of the Arizona Cardinals, the last remaining unbeaten team in the NFL against the Houston Texans. You mentioned this game, Jim. The numbers say that Houston might be the side here. 17-and-a-half is a big number. Why is Houston going to cover that spread? Well, I think because if you're going to be a 17-and-a-half-point dog against anyone, you have to be outlierishly bad. And Houston's been bad, don't get me wrong, but they haven't been outlierishly bad. Like, they, they rank 25th in schedule-adjusted passing offense so far this year. Part of that is Terod Taylor, who will not play this weekend. But Davis Mills has shown that he is at least, like, 
not a total dud. I don't know if that's the most ringing endorsement, but like, you know, he's not a total dud. And I think that 17 and a half is just a big number. I don't know how much the Cardinals are going to care about this game, given that they've got some bigger games around the corner as well. So I look at this and like, if the, if the Cardinals win 31 to 14, that's a 17 point game. And I think that's a pretty realistic expectation for this one. So although I'm not comfortable betting on my numbers and going with Detroit, I am comfortable with the Texans because they have not been out largely bad this year. They're playing hard. They've got some decently fun schematic stuff they're doing offensively too. I think they can cover 17 and a half, whether it be on a backdoor or just, you know, covering straight up. I think that they would need to be worse than they performed so far this year for me to justify laying 17 and a half. So for this one, my numbers show value, and I think that's okay. So I am willing to bet it and have bet uh, the Texans at, uh, I bet it plus 18, 17 and a half FanDuel. But I think that either way, there is enough value to take a bite there. Unsurprisingly so, the Texans have been an underdog in every game this year by an average margin of double digits. 17 and a half is what they are getting on Sunday against Arizona. But Houston, three and three against the spread so far this season. Jim stays with us for just a little bit more here on a football Friday on the morning after some props to look out for this weekend. NFL week number seven. FanDuel number fires Jim Sonis back with us on the other side of the break here on the morning after. Sirius XM channel 204. Stay with us here on the grid. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Friday, a football Friday here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens, and for a second straight segment, we are pleased to be joined by FanDuel number fires Jim Saunas breaking down the NFL weekend. He gave you some sides, all underdogs he likes for NFL week number seven. Now it's time to get to the prop market. And Jim, talk to me here. When I saw this in the rundown, I just started smiling. Rashad Bateman, anytime touchdown prop. For the Baltimore Ravens. I'm in love with Rashad Bateman. I've been in love with Rashad Bateman since his days at Minnesota as the 2019 Big Ten wide receiver of the year. I love Rashad Bateman. I'm very happy for the situation he finds himself in Baltimore. Now back healthy. I hope he finds the end zone this weekend. Why do you, Jim Saunas, believe he will? Yeah, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, an unfair combo. Just dirty that they oh. had that uh, back in the day. But Bateman had a really good role his first game back. He ran 20 routes for the Ravens. That was tied for second on the team behind Marquise Brown. Tied with Mark Andrews for second. He was tied with Andrews with the second most targets, having six in that game. And I think the thing that I like about Bateman, and Ben, you would know this, is that he is going to get used in the high-leverage situations. He got peppered on third down last week. He is a guy you can trust inside the red zone. Got that kind of body. Got that kind of uh, that skill from a route-running perspective. So I think that like it sets up well for him to have a pretty key role within this offense, and they're facing the Bengals. The Bengals' defense has played really well, but 
having three guys who can make plays on that team for the Ravens in the passing game, I think that's a, an intriguing thing here. We've seen um, the Ravens be very efficient from a passing perspective last week. Was a down week for, for sure, but facing a Chargers defense that is very, very talented and very good. So I think that I want to buy into Bateman buy into his role and buy into this passing offense plus 240 a really good number i think that we're mm. going to see bateman getting the kinds of targets he want for betting touchdown props we just haven't seen it yet because the sample is so small in week one but there or last week but the role itself was better than i expected so i'm going to buy in now before the prices start to collapse Jim, I think what you brought up there about Rashad Bateman's skill set is so spot on because the reason he is used in high leverage situations and can be trusted is because not only is he a fantastic route runner, he's not exactly the biggest guy in the world. He's not a 6'4", 6'5", outside wide receiver threat. He's only 6'1", but he still can take the top off a of defense. And if you put the ball in his gravitational force, he is going to make every effort to come down with that reception. He is that good. He utilizes his body in fantastic ways to make really tough grabs when he needs to that's why i love rashad bateman i love what he did at minnesota that 2019 season alongside tyler johnson was a reason that tanner morgan and the gophers were so good in 111 games they have dearly missed both tyler johnson yeah. and rashad bateman the last couple of years in the twin cities you also mentioned this game earlier jim the miami dolphins plus two and a half you were looking for an anytime touchdown prompt that is now out on the FanDuel sportsbook for the wide receiver Devontae parker is the number good enough for you to dive in on Oh, yeah, it's plus 280. Uh, and reading Brian Flores' quotes from today at practice, I got a little bit discouraged for Devontae Parker. He said he has a chance to play, and that word chance kind of threw me off. But he was in the walkthrough on Wednesday. He's practiced all week. I feel like that bodes itself well for Devontae Parker. The key thing with props, Ben, is if if he wants to be inactive, we get our money back. So who cares? So I think that, that that gives us a lot of cushion here. I think that would scare me off of a yardage prop of Devontae Parker, which is not yet posted, but the touchdown prop is plus 280. And Parker... We saw him work pretty well to a tongue of LO back in week one. Parker had 81 yards receiving in that game. He had seven targets as well, kind of nullifying the narrative that Tua won't throw into tight windows. You know, Devontae Parker, not a big separator, which could scare you with him with Tua Tunga Vailoa. But we saw in week one, they had a pretty good connection now facing the Falcons. And Ben, you might be able to get separation against this Falcon secondary. I think that's less of a concern in this matchup specifically. Parker led the team in targets before his injury, 22% there. He had a lot of deep work, which means he can score either in the red zone based on his body or score a long touchdown because he's getting deep work from Tonga Vailoa. So I think that it's a good situation to buy into Parker. I think this is the right market to do so, a plus 280 for an anytime touchdown, just because I do want that safety in case he's not quite up to full health yet. We'll see what the status winds up being on Sunday. But right now, due to the safety we get via the prop market, if he winds up being inactive, I'm okay taking plus 280 and betting Parker right now. Jim, I love the plus 280 on Devontae Parker. Your assessment that I might be able to get separation against the Falcons secondary. Eh, I was a backup quarterback for a high school football team that won one game <laughs> my senior year. But anyway, I digress. One final prop from Jim Salinas here of number fire and FanDuel as he's looking at this week seven NFL Sunday slate. Last segment, Jim, we discussed your numbers for this game. The Detroit Lions getting 16 and a half on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Although your numbers said there might be a bit of value on the number. You're not betting this game from a side perspective, but in the prop market. Where is your attention for this game between the Lions and the Rams? 
Yeah, I love Tyler Higby's touchdown prop. He's plus 145 right now at FanDuel Sportsbook, despite the fact that he has been a decently focal point for the Rams inside the red zone this year. He has 27% of the team's targets inside the red zone, second on the team. Behind just Cooper Cup, we know Robert Wood's not a big touchdown scorer. They've leaned on Higby's big body down there the past four games. He has had two, two, one, and three red zone targets across those games. He's on the field for every single snap. Johnny Munt is now banged up, but will not play in this game. So we're going to see Higby out there for every snap this week. He will be getting targets inside the red zone against a team that's probably going to let up a lot of trips to the red zone. So I think that all adds up really well for Higby to be a good value at plus 145 to score a touchdown for this week. We're seeing shorter numbers on, on Cup, Woods, Henderson. So I think that if you want exposure to, it's the Sean McVay revenge game. Let's be clear about that. It's not the Goff revenge game. It's the Sean McVay <laughs> revenge game against Jared Goff for holding his offense back. If you want access to that, I think the Higby is the best route at plus 145. Jim, is it a Matthew Stafford revenge game, or is he like, hey, I'm no. happy to be out in the City of Angels right now? No, if we're rating out the revenge factor here, I've done this, by the okay. way, just, just yeah. so you know. It's it's five and a half angry face emojis for McVeigh, four and a half for Goff, okay. one and a half for okay. Stafford. Uh, that's the revenge okay. factor here. So it's mostly McVeigh followed by Goff and then Stafford. Okay, I like that perspective. A great spin zone for why this game could favor Tyler Higby getting into the end zone as well. Jim Saunas from Number Fire and FanDuel every Friday here, every football Friday on the morning after, breaking down the entire weekend slate, giving you his picks against the number from a side perspective and a prop play as well. Jim, as always, thank you very much for your time and have a great weekend. Thank you, Ben. You as well. Appreciate it. And Northwestern plus 23 and a half against Michigan in Ann Arbor tomorrow. Jim Saunas, a proud grad of Northwestern University. So a little bit left here for this football Friday on the morning after. As you're scrolling through the board on FanDuel Sportsbook, looking at games again, we have six teams on a bye this week in the NFL. There's not the flashiest numbers that call out to you there, but there is a great matchup on Sunday night football, in my estimation, between the two best two-win teams in the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts, two and four straight up this year, visiting Santa Clara, California in the San Francisco 49ers, fresh off a bye week, who are two and three so far this year. Looking for the updated numbers right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook just to make sure I give you the best price. It is Indianapolis getting four and a half on the road. The Niners favored by four and a half at home, plus 180 for the Colts on the money line. The Niners minus 210 as the money line favorites for a primetime game on a Sunday night, a smallish over under total of 44 points here's how i handicapped this game earlier on in the week the line opened at four and a half in favor of san francisco it got down to three and a half early in the week now back up by a point to four and a half in favor of the home team the over under opened at 44 and a half it is down by the hook to just 44 currently on the fanduel sportsbook as i mentioned the two best two win teams in my estimation in the nfl i don't think you'll find many people that argue with that sentiment as well indianapolis just two and four straight up but four and two against the spread covering by an average margin of a field goal three points per game san francisco meanwhile two and three against the spread coming off a bye sure but just one and four ats they have been a favorite in four of the five games they have played so far in this 2021 NFL 
season. San Francisco, though, has had a very difficult schedule, especially here as of late. They dropped three in a row heading into that bye week this past Sunday against Green Bay, Seattle with a healthy Russell Wilson, and then against the last remaining unbeaten team in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals. Look at that total again, 44. San Francisco, three of their five games, falling under by an average margin of two points per game. Indianapolis so far, six games, three games over, three games under. Indy has been an underdog in every game now, except for last week against the Houston Texans. They were a 10 and a half, 11 and a half point favorite by the time we got to kick on Sunday afternoon. And they blew out the Texans, winning 31 to three, covering a 10 and a half point margin. Every other game, they have been an underdog and they are four and two ATS this year. It's also an interesting game for both of these teams. When you look at them, they are both two win football teams, but from a divisional and postseason perspective, Indianapolis is plus 370 currently to win the AFC South. They trail the Tennessee Titans, who have the top spot in the divisional market and in the AFC South division right now. The Titans are minus 440 to win the AFC South on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So the Colts with a big plus money price trying to close the gap. The Titans in a huge game getting four and a half at home against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday afternoon as well. San Francisco is 11 to 1 now to win the NFC West. That is the third shortest odds, the second longest odds, depending on how you want to conceptualize it, to win that division. San Francisco's live team win total is nine and a half, and the under has the juice. Indianapolis's tie, uh, live team win total is seven and a half, and the over has the juice at minus 130. When you look back at the Niners, now that they are 11 to one currently to win the NFC West, they were the favorites entering this year at plus 185. Even after the first couple of weeks of the year, they were not into that four-digit category. And so it's interesting to see where they fall now. Two and three straight up, one and four against the spread. Hopefully the bye week refreshes Kyle Shanahan and company. And Jimmy Garoppolo seems like he is trending toward getting the start on Sunday night at home against the Colts. He said that calf was feeling good throughout the bye week. Glad to get the rest. Was feeling pretty good entering this week of practice as well. Again, the live team win totals for both of these teams. The Niners, nine and a half. The under is minus 130 with the juice. The Colts team win total is seven and a half. The over is minus 130 with the juice. The playoff odds for both of these teams, the Niners plus 118, a rather short number. The Colts plus 154. So the Niners are 11 to one to win their division in which the Arizona Cardinals are the odds on favorites at minus 140, but just plus 118 to make the postseason. So a wild card spot definitely in play even right now entering week number seven for San Fran. It's a similar story for the Indianapolis Colts at plus 154. They are plus 370 in their division uh, in the AFC South, despite being just two and four straight up this year, four and two against the spread. So both of these teams in a huge game on Sunday night football looking to get back into contention. Again, the Niners laying four and a half at home on Sunday night. The over under total 44 in Santa Clara for this matchup between the Colts and the 49ers on Sunday night football. A game we not we have not discussed all that much so far in this show. Mike Blue and I mentioned it briefly in the first hour of this football Friday. The Green Bay Packers at home in Lambeau laying seven and a half against the Washington football team. It's a number that's a little bit big past that key number of seven. Last week, the Chiefs covered against the football team on the road, laying six and a half. You got the better number of that key number of a touchdown of seven. Now the hook working against you in a way here when you think about the Packers and the football team. I still think Green Bay can carry that number and cover that number because of the fact that Green Bay's offense against a Washington defense that's not very good is starting to tune it up. That 
game in the first game of the year against the Saints for the Packers in which they lost and were humiliated, losing 38-3, a distant memory. The Packers have won in five straight games. All right, we are ending out the week and this Football Friday edition of the morning after on the other side of the break. But before we go, before we say bye, it is bye-bye-bye. Our best bets for week seven of the NFL slate. That's on the other side of the break. Stay with us here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Three hours of the morning after on this football Friday are about to come to an end. You have been listening on Sirius XM channel 204 all across the sports grid network. And I have humbly been your host, Ben Stevens. On this football Friday, we end out the week looking forward to the NFL week seven slate. And before we say goodbye, before we say farewell, it's time for our best bet of the entire week seven slate. It is time for bye bye bye. Bye, 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 bye. That sounds like I have a question. What I do not have a question for is DeAndre Hopkins in his longest reception prop, which is not out yet currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook for Sunday's game against the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, D-Hop, a revenge spot, that might be enough of a handicap right then and there. But here's what longest receptions generally look like. Again, not out yet on the FanDuel Sportsbook for this game between the Cardinals and the Texans, but generally they hover around 20 and a hook all the way up to 24 and a half. If we take the top end of that market, just for the sake of it right now, and say DeAndre Hopkins' longest reception prop is going to be 24 and a half, DeAndre Hopkins has gone over that number in three straight games for the Cards, four of six games so far this year. Houston's pass defense ranks 18th in the NFL out of 32 teams, giving up just shy of 250 yards per game. So right in the middle of the pack. But where they really struggle is they have the fourth highest yards per attempt for their opponent, meaning that teams are throwing the ball on them in a big way, trying to take the top off of a Texans secondary. I think DeAndre Hopkins can do that with his quarterback Kyler Murray this weekend at home as a 17-and-a-half-point favorite against the Houston Texans. I don't really want to mess with the spread, but I'll look to DeAndre Hopkins' longest receptions prop over 20-and-a-half, 22-and-a-half, 24-and-a-half for this game against Houston on Sunday, a revenge game that we love in the NFL. We will be back right here on the grid in Sirius XM channel 204 on Monday morning to look back on a great weekend in sports. It is a great time on the sports calendar in late October. Hope you enjoyed yourself on this football Friday. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll see you Monday.